God is the only one we can, by faith, rely on to be always faithful. Instead of placing faith in our own resourcefulness, God invites us to trust in His unending resources. Welcome and thank you for joining us today for the Bread of Life. Our desire is to build you up in that faith that will trust God for everything. Now here's our Bible teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Revelation 20 verses 1 through 6 begins the culmination of John's great vision. There, John takes the struggling Christian who is facing persecution to the end of the historical age. At that end, they put all their struggles into perspective. Here is what they are shown. History will not go on a downgrade of misery and ruin. It will conclude in a golden age in which Christ shall rule on earth and shall bring upon earth the blessings first witnessed in Eden, those blessings that are longingly dreamed for ever since the earth lost its garden. One day, all the earth will be Eden again, and there in history, Christ will bring we who have lived for him and died for him to inherit the earth. Plato had his republic, Campanella had his city in the sun, Thomas More had his utopia, Francis Bacon had his New Atlantis. These great minds envisioned a day in which the earth would bring forth a just world. Their human life would come into an ideal society of peace. Unfortunately, all these dreams of these great minds have gone unanswered or actually they've turned into nightmares. The highest peaks of human history, those moments when human history in a sense has reached its highest peaks of optimism have usually been followed by the biggest and deepest trenches of human despair. Still, this dream of a utopia has not left or evaporated from the hearts and minds of people. Men still seek after and yearn for and speak about the one world order or about the city on the hill, and they still speak, particularly when they're campaigning for office, in messianic tones of the best days that lie ahead of us and all that will be accomplished. Well, what we can say emphatically about this is that these dreams of paradise are not merely the invention of men. They are not merely the expressions of his own wishful thinking. As wrong as they are, and as unfulfilled as they've been, they reflect the faint whisper of God's original wish for mankind. These whispers of God echoing through the ages from Eden forward to us find their expressions in the sighing heart of a mankind that wishes and longs for a utopia, a paradise, a new Atlantis, a place just like that. Every utopian thought for mankind is a distorted expression of a hope and a plan that God gave birth before creation when He created us and made us and set the original man and woman in a garden. It is God who plans for a day of universal righteousness, a time in which His creation will live in an unchallenged day of universal blessing. This is God's desire and has been God's desire since the Garden of Eden. You might remember when He made all things in the Garden, what God said over all of His creation is, multiple times, it is good. It was good. And then when God had finished making His creation and creating the worlds, the heavens and the earth, He crowned His creation by making man. And He made us in a unique way 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says that God made us in His image to be the image bearers of His own glorious image. And then He gave to us, mankind, a command. He said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and hold dominion over all of creation. That's in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1. This God wishing to bless all of his created order, determined that that blessing would require the spread of his glorious image throughout his creation through the ordained ambassadors of human beings who would bear the glory of God through the image he had stamped upon us to the ends of the earth. We would be the ones who would expand the expression of Eden In a sense, what you see is that God's intent was to take the glories of Eden and as man proliferated and as that image went forth to spread the benefits of Eden and the expanse of that garden over all of the earth. That was God's purpose. To spread over the earth a righteous reflection of His own glory as righteous God-imprinted men and women carried it to the ends of the earth. But we know the story, right? It didn't turn out that way. Adam and Eve fell in sin. The image in them became broken and marred and distorted to evil. And so now mankind, instead of spreading the glorious image of God throughout the earth, and with it all of the attendant blessings upon that earth, have spread the effects of the fall. They have spread the thorn and the wasting and the hostility and the brutality and the inequity of the broken image that lies within us. That's it. God still renews His quest to find ambassadors for Himself who will, through their submission and surrender to Him and their faithful lives, bring to the earth some measure of the blessing of God's glorious rule. In fact, as God rules my life and finds myself surrendered and yielded to Him, my life becomes a small oasis of blessing to be offered up in the dark landscape of the world in which I live in. The Bible says we are lights of this Edenic desire of God for His creation. God actually didn't give up with Adam and Eve. A flood came. Noah was saved through it. At the end of the flood, God came before Noah and God renewed to Noah His command. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, He said to Noah. But man sinned again. They rallied together so that they wouldn't multiply and they wouldn't spread and they held themselves in Babylon and they sought to find themselves in a position where they could exalt themselves in equality with God instead of be submitted to Him. And so another judgment came. God confused their languages and dispersed them. And after that, you'll find there was a fellow by the name of Peleg who came up. And it says of Peleg because in those days the earth divided. In my mind, God spread the nations throughout the earth and then the tectonic plate shifted. Someone can question me, but that's how I read it. That's how I see it. I don't have a problem with that. God still didn't give up after Noah failed. God came to Abraham, and then he came to Isaac, and he came to Jacob, and he had the same commission. To them, he basically gave the same command that they would become ambassadors of this glorious image that he had stamped upon them in the relationship that he had formed with them. And so Isaac, Jacob's father, said to him, Jacob, and, and this is in Genesis chapter 28, verse 14, Jacob. Thy seed shall spread to the west and the east and the north and the south, 
and in you and your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And God is still pursuing this spreading of His glorious image through His appointed ambassadors throughout creation. Now, how has the experiment with Israel gone? How have they gone so far? Certainly, the Lord Jesus is the seed of Jacob, and blessing has come to the earth through Him, but not to the full extent and glory of the promise that God had given to the nation of Israel through the prophets. Take your Bibles and go to Micah chapter 4. Let's just read verses 1 through 7. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. A picture of the expansion of this glory rising up from and through the seed of Israel, passing its blessing upon all the earth. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Now it should come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways. We shall walk in His paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And He shall judge between many peoples, and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks, Nations shall not lift up sword against nations, neither shall they learn war anymore. But everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all people walk each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame, I will gather the outcast, and those whom I have afflicted, and I will make the lame a remnant, and the outcast a strong nation. So the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on even forever. Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. Let me read it to you. Here the prophet speaks of this day as well. He says, From the rising of the sun even to its going down, My name shall be great among the Gentiles. And every place incense shall be offered to my name, a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Did Israel succeed at being ambassadors who would be agents of the implementation of this great kingdom? Israel so far has failed in carrying out the missionary purpose to bring glory to God to the ends of the earth. As a result of this, and because of this failure in their own rebellion, God spoke to, through Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus spoke to an assorted gathering of disciples on a hillside. And through Him and them, He spoke to us. And He said, All authority has been given unto Me in earth and heaven. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. The point is here. God gives His first command to Adam and Eve. He gives the command to Noah. He gives the command to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and their children. And then He gives the command to us. His desire is still the same. The spread of His glory throughout the earth in order to institute this reign and this expression of His glorious dominion and blessing and peace 
upon all of His creation. How have we done in the last 2,000 years as ambassadors to bring this expression to the ends of the earth? Has God gained the expressive displays of His dominion from sea to shining sea yet through us? Is His creation right now experiencing the liberation that comes through the presence of His glorious image being shared with all of its blessings upon the earth today? Are we seeing it? Are men right now beating their swords in the plowshares? Are they ceasing to make war anymore? Have we accomplished this moment yet? Has God's design and God's dream from Eden, the very design that inspires our hopes of Eden, have they been fulfilled yet? A.B. Simpson, who's the founder of the denomination that I'm ordained in, the Christian Missionary Alliance, wrote more than 100 years ago this. Were all the world to reach tomorrow the condition to which Christian lands have attained in the three or four, now four centuries since the Reformation, the earth would still be a site to break the heart of him who died for us. If all of the world outside of the reach of the Christian gospel were somehow to give a reflection of what the world looks like, where the reach of that gospel is now, come upon the land and actually influenced that land, oh, it would break God's heart still. Thanks for listening in today to The Bread of Life. We're a program of the International Discipleship and Church Planting Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism, and its Associate Mission Church in Boise, Bread of Life Fellowship. This program looks to you for its support. We invite you to learn more about our work in the community and around the world by going to our website, breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll also find links to the radio broadcast and to full-length sermons. Until the next time, may God bless you.